up, guys? Welcome back. We're your hosts, Mike and Drew, and we are back with our fourth installment of the Finance Hub. Um, today, we are going over Twitter case files, Mike. So, like, I'm excited. Yeah. Can't wait. So, the first uh, thing on the agenda today is kind of going over, like, news outlets and the... How they can portray yeah. um, certain companies in a way that they might not really be so essentially in other words how they can control the narrative of um you know per a company's like persona or even a person's persona they have like they can it's so it's so they have such power on how they influence the mass public and it's kind of crazy because yeah and they can just sway their opinions in one direction that will could destroy a company but it possibly benefits them depending on you know if depending on the way they sway depending on if it's on a political agenda why they're doing it or if it's more like economical you know because you see people i will bring this up you see people on twitter and like you know discord servers with um like with investors in it like wall street bets and people just go in there and like will plug a stock just for their own gain they're like oh buy this buy this stock so that when all these people and it starts getting more and more attention and likes all these people buy this stock the stock's uh valuation goes up on the stock market and they sell all their shares at the top because they know it's not truly valued at that and then yeah so it's just there's so much power that the media has exactly and you don't even have to be a part of the you don't even have to be a media company you could be just influencer yeah and it's it's nuts and so uh we're here to just talk about the twitter case files because elon musk it is december 3rd and elon musk last night just released uh the twitter files from 2020 and i believe also 2016 and it involves a lot of censorship and uh it was mainly biased on the fact that it was very political it was just for political agendas it seemed so mike would you want to dive us in i guess yeah um so essentially let's start off with um maybe some of the first few tweets from here Uh. um so as you can see from matt he talks about what you're about to read is his first installment in the series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter um, kind of dives into Twitter more than live up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly, instantly without barriers. And that kind of just essentially goes into like, get, I think giving people information that could be completely without, wrong. Yeah. That could yeah. be completely wrong. It exactly. Could be yeah. Completely incorrect. And people wouldn't know about it. Yeah. Exactly. And so he also goes on to say um, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these certain tools uh, that they would use to, you know, censor. And so like outsiders began petitioning uh, that the company or petitioning for the company to manipulate speech as well. And then it started happening more and more. And by the time it came around to 2020, um, uh, the connect or for, from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. So like uh, you can see political figures reaching out representatives 
And they would write like more to review from the Biden team, as this tweet says from Matt Tabby. And the reply would come back as handled, which is, and it's kind of scary, honestly, that like you companies are supposed to be fair and like, gen, or they're supposed to have general like fair practices. And this is just completely like, cur- it's kind of curveballs that in a way. It's, I'm not going to say corrupt, but it's like a corrupt scheme of things because twitter announces that in like their objective or their goal for the company like their goal statement that they are like a platform where free speech is enabled but then that yeah platform for free speech is being used to give people different interpretations about certain companies yeah when it's to focus one viewpoint one standpoint so it's yeah and so basically this twitter thread goes on for like 30 something more tweets and it goes on about uh in 2020 when the uh, presidential election was happening the new york post published a um, article about the biden secret emails involving his son hunter biden and uh basically biden's campaign asked asked for uh twitter to kind of minimize the attention that would get at least on their platform and they did exactly that and they took strides to make the false narrative that it basically violated the community guidelines and it literally is shown in this thread that there is email like yeah that's evidence right here yep that these conversations happened and took place and that they were even unsure at the point yep. to like what they should label like the violation under you know so they literally just I uh, just threw it out on here. Yeah, they were, public can see, and it gives them like a certain, yeah, way to look at this. Yeah, but I'm getting at literally Twitter at this point in time. They were literally just trying to throw this uh, story into some sort of like violation of their guidelines, even though it had none, just so that they could uh, fulfill, you know, Biden's campaign request. Yeah. So that's that's and also good. as well too. I mean, like sometimes the media companies I feel will do this type of thing to just like get a way to get like something going um, for the public to kind of look at their specific media. So in with more people kind of like looking, Oh yeah, we're going to go to just say this specific media area, look at what they have to say about it. That's going to benefit that specific media company. Well, because they're looking at like that. So I I think, yeah, I just want to add on with that. Honestly, so it depends when you say media company, are we going to talk about social platforms? Or are we going to talk about news outlets? Cause if we look at a news outlet, we have CNN and then we have Fox news, obviously they're biased as hell. Yeah. And so, but they have their own right to be biased because they support different parties and they do announce like, you know, like they're, they're more so like social media, they're a of. news company, but they report on the benefits of those, of those of, specific parties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it's it's known that they do it's not like a violation that like of anything of any sort but when we look at these social platforms like twitter instagram facebook that stuff there should be no actual uh bias bias specific one way they go yeah exactly because they announce that it's a platform for free speech yeah so limiting that or the company going against that just shows how like corrupt I guess certain people are and how 
it they want to take yeah. their approach and how it can affect others. How it can, yeah, because yeah. this base could have affected the whole campaign for, or the whole oh, yeah, election this for like, all we know. For and, a lot of different things. Yeah, and that like, could have happened. Obviously, our point here isn't to get political, but we just want to show that the media has so much control over um, like a company view or a politician's view or some equities per se. And people will just see that and they'll follow it. And it's just like, it's, it's just, uh, what, what's the word for um, like false information being spread? Cause uh, miss, I don't know. Miss, Misinterpretation. Uh, I mean, I guess of like actual yeah um, news and, so I guess yeah they ha- they just have com- they have a firm uh, grasp on uh, like how people view things and that's what we're just getting at here and so with this at least now we can move on from the Twitter case files we can um, talk about the media companies also since we're on the topic so as it's seen uh, from today's standpoint we have a ton of media companies cutting costs with layoffs during like economic term because of like the economic turmoil we're in. And it's just interesting to see that because obviously within our uh, economy right now, these companies are profiting a lot, but they're losing that like revenue stream and profit due to um, total labor costs going up. So wages, like we were just talking or like we talked about the other day, wages are going through the roof. That's due to inflation. And then so media companies are or like the tech companies, the tech industry is really getting hit by this, probably the hardest right now. And so they're having to lay off a bunch of their work uh, workers. Yeah, seriously, their workers just to um, just to kind of make the revenue that they were making that they were before. making before. Yeah, exactly. And I just thought it's interesting that it's actually only affecting tech companies right now. And yeah. Yeah. It's- I mean, I think it's like going off that. Um, yeah, I mean, like with tech companies and stuff, I just feel like, yeah, it is definitely just interesting how that's just tech companies compared to like other ones. Yeah. Cause they're, we're going to get about this in the, in the next episode, but there's, um, there's a ton of like, at least in November, there was a job increase, like employments were up. And that's what the job report was. It showed that there is a positive effect with job, uh, the labor market. And it's kind of weird to see that. It's kind of weird to see that. And then you see if like media companies like, or people, their jobs getting cut in those areas. Yeah. It's just, and then you see right here, labor or the jobs for like other areas increasing. Yeah. It's kind of nuts because you look at that and you're like, wow, so the general economy is doing good, but then you have a certain sector of the economy being uh, like the tech sector and they're getting killed. So we just thought that was something interesting to share. And what are your thoughts, honestly, on um, say Twitter were to go public right now on the stock market? How, how do you think that'd go? What do you think they're, you think they'd be valued out like uh, what do you think the market would value them at? Because obviously their valuation from like maybe an investment bank would be what it was at before on the stock market. But w- as soon as they come back to the market, like as an IPO or something, what do you think like the market would value them at for like future, uh, for like the future? Yeah, I think maybe um, 
you know, if everything going on with like them misinterpreting like information, this like or misinterpreting information to the public about maybe it's like some companies, um, I think that it I, could be. I do have to interrupt you. This you gotta remember, this was a few years ago, and now Twitter's yeah. out here releasing this off of Elon Musk saying that the company's uh, very. Uh, what sort transparent transparent so this is why they're doing it so now that we have a platform that's actually like fully transparent and that they're really trying to promote free speech and that there's no real uh limitations to that except if obviously you like invoke some sort of like uh violent act or you know something stupid yeah i think because of that and they say that it's free speech i think it's going to be valued probably more so on the higher side so you would think Twitter stock would. So when Twitter got bought out, I think it was at like fifty three dollars a share, something around there. Yeah. Um. So you're saying you could see the market valuing at Twitter above fifty three dollars? Um, possibly, but not like super high, like not going like very like higher, like at a high high rate, like not too far from like fifty three dollars. I'm going to build off that because I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think if Twitter when Twitter comes back to the market, because Elon Musk is not going to keep it private forever. Yeah. Um, I think when they come back, I believe it could be valued at around 60. Yeah, not it's not going to go. I don't think it's going to yeah. go like laser rocket super far, but like, yeah, it's going to stay in that range. And like obviously the higher 50s, obviously like Elon overpaid for the company. So the. It was the Twitter's not worth 44 billion. No. And so that was why the stock was at bought out at 54. So I'm saying 60 because of what he's implementing right now. And obviously you gotta take into account how many shares they uh put into the market, like put out there, how many shares they uh decide to sell. Yeah. And all that like other analytical stuff you have to look at for actual valuation. But I could see the in general, just the valuation of the company going a increasing. little bit up. Yeah. I could I could see the market taking that valuation and just increasing it off of uh, public opinion and like the the kind of like what Twitter's offering right now, like the company's goals, their mission. It seems like very well in line with what the people want, and so that's why I think that, or I agree with you, yeah, on that, and so. Um, I think we're going to end it off here because we're, uh, let us know if you guys want us to do shorter episodes, I guess, because obviously if we do like an hour or hour and a half, uh, podcast, depending on like what the topic is, we just want to know if you guys are entertained more that way. Or if you're more like, if you like the shorter podcast where it's like 20 minutes to 30 minutes, if we're just talking like this or we're doing stock predictions, um, or if we have an interview, maybe those will be the longer type of episodes, like 45 to an hour. So let us know. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you. See you next time. See you.